Friday, March 31st, 2023. We are coming at you from the gun-shaped state, Florida, USA, the home of Mickey Mouse and all things South. And I am your host, Mark Bolden, and welcome to The Dark Doorway. We've got a very special guest for you guys tonight, Valentina Lumberg-Wiley, the Danish medium, and she's going to talk to us about some of her extensive experiences in the field, and we're going to dig out some more information from her, find out how she got started with all this, and even talk to her about some of her on-screen appearances in television. So hopefully you guys will stay tuned and don't forget to like and subscribe because it's a new show. We want to get you guys on board, so make sure you don't miss any episodes. Valentina, how are you doing today? Hey, Mark. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Uh, just so uh, some of the people out there know, Valentina and I go go back a little bit. She's a, a wonderful person. She's got great skills, great talents, and I thought she would be a perfect first guest to have on the podcast. So guys are going to hear a lot of cool things out throughout throughout the episodes, but I wanted Valentina to be the very first. So, uh, Valentina, why don't you uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Oh, gosh, I hate this part. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I am um, a Danish, um, well, yeah, I, I'm known as the Danish medium, and I am a psychic medium. I did not always start that way. I actually started my whole life as a professional model and did uh, several cover covers of magazines already at age two. So then somewhere in the middle of my life, it just sort of took a turn. And here I am now at this part in my life doing what I love. So, you know, that's that's where it really gets interesting. Um, because I know that uh, there was a certain event that took place in your life that actually, um, I don't know if you would say that they either woke up these abilities or maybe they awakened you to abilities you already had the entire time. So can you, uh, do you feel like elaborating on that a little bit or? Yeah. So almost 30 years ago now, I had a traumatic brain injury from a fall and that seems to have shaken up everything and put some things to sleep and, and woken other things up. Primarily, I guess my pineal gland. And from that point forward everything just became very hypersensitive I could just um, you know my brain really woke up I guess and from that point forward everything has been very intense my life has never been the same uh, you know a lot of predictions a lot of things I could just pick up on people places uh, so definitely very unexpected. It wasn't like I went looking for my gifts. I don't come from a long line of psychics, nothing like that. My gifts just happened to be triggered by a complete freak accident. So yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's interesting because, um, you know, I've, I've obviously I've, I researched these cases and you, you know, you have a lot of cases where people either maybe they were unaware of their gifts or they were aware of their gifts, but usually there was some event that took place in their life that just sort of snapped them or, or brought them forward to where all of a sudden it was in the foreground and they started noticing things that they previously didn't notice or maybe things that they tried to write off as imagination or or just a thing. Um, so for you, um, how does it come? Does it come as a feeling? Do you do you, uh, do you enter a, 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 almost like a trance state? Do you, do you hear voices or, or spirit guides that talk to you how does this sort of work for you so i do have all five clairs which you know claire clairvoyant claire ghostant claire alien um clairaudient clairsentient um which not not all psychics have those they you know every psychic is different every medium's different for me i do have all of the gifts as well as uh, a gift a very very rare gift of telekinesis uh, which is moving objects with my mind. However, I can't control that, so I never know when that's going to happen. So don't ask me to perform monkey tricks <laughs> because I really that just happens randomly when emotions are running high. We, we uh, can uh, we can get a we can get a you know 
a, a drinking glass and put something underneath it and uh, tell you to focus if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put a magnet. No. <laughs> Just put a magnet under there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and luckily now, um, I mean, for the last probably 10 years, I've been able to turn it off because mm-hmm. it, information and everything was coming to me all the time, like day or night, in the shower, sleeping. So I had to eventually find an off switch to be able to turn it off. That's why sometimes if I'm at the grocery store or people learn that I'm a psychic, they're like, oh, read me, read me. And I'm like, I'm really (laughs) not on right now. You know, I'm thinking about buying apples at the store. So uh, I'm not always on, uh, thank God. (laughs) That's a good thing. It's funny because uh, I I would think that, um, you know, when you you have these abilities, you know, how how would you uh, control that? Because, you know, um, you hear stories about... um, some I think it was uh, Amy Allen one time she was telling telling a little bit about her personal life and she said that uh, things were a little tough because uh, you know spirits would actually come to her in the middle of the night while she was trying to sleep and she basically had to do the same thing she had to develop the uh, ability to basically say this is my time you're not allowed in my time this is my zone you know and just turn it off you know so it would seem to me that that would be a really huge uh, I think inconvenience is kind of an understatement at this point to to think that's that uh spirits could actually realize that they can communicate with you and would just sort of come to you out the blue, uh, possibly when you're during your, your most intimate moments, you're trying to sleep or just trying to spend time with, with family. So it's, is that what you're referring to? Like where things would just sort of come to you at inconvenient times and you had to sort of create some type of wall? Yes. Uh, although I still, I mean, a lot of information comes to me when I sleep. I've actually learned how to split my brain in half so one half of my brain is actually getting rest and the other one is doing a lot of communicating. So um, I don't know how I've, I've managed to do that, but I, I am extremely busy conversating all night <laughs> and able to sleep at the same time. But I had to really, you know, we have two hemispheres in the brain and somehow I've mastered having one go to sleep while the other one is, is actively conversing. So it's pretty... Freaky. Would that be similar? <laughs> it sounds freaky. Would that sim- Would that be similar to like lucid dreaming, or is it just something totally different? Uh, no, because lucid dreaming, um, which, which I mean, again, falls maybe more into astral projecting because I do a lot of that. I'm not sure I'm really lucid dreaming. There are some fun things, but because I wake up so tired in the morning, I'm pretty sure I'm busy traveling. Yeah. Um, but the communicating, because, you know, I work on a lot of murder cases and things like that, and sometimes the deceased come through when I'm sleeping and give me a lot of facts about the murder. So then, because it is so important and I am working actively on several murder cases, I literally have to wake up or I have a notebook in the bed and I just start scribbling and writing down stuff, you know, half asleep and half awake and then I look at it in the morning you know and try to make sense because I've written on top of each other in the dark yeah I can't always see because I don't want to fully wake up with a light so I just start scribbling so yeah, maybe I need a bigger piece of paper <laughs> <laughs> like a whole poster board in the bed we'll do a we'll do a we'll crowdsource a, a whiteboard for you and you put it right yeah next just to have it floating <laughs> above me <laughs> so so you know this brings up an interesting question too so would you say, you know, obviously not being uh, gifted in that way, I I try to wrap my head around how that would actually appear. For example, would it appear as sort of a of a light or some type of indescript fuzzy image that you can hear the voices to, or is it something more of where it the the communication is put directly in your head, almost as the same way, similar to the same way that if I had a thought in my brain about a specific event that's my thought but in your case it's not your thought it's a thought that's being implanted in your brain like do you would you do you see the person do you just have a, an awareness of their presence how does that normally work for you okay so if i go to bed particularly like um focusing like i have literally a, a picture of the murder victim taped to my bed and so before i go to bed i will look at that um, so that subliminally that person's already sinking into my subconscious. So they travel as I start, you know, going into my deep sleep, then they're starting to move to the front. And so I'm focused on that person. So 
when I do hear voices, I know that that's going to be the person. I've also mastered figuring out what's my thoughts and, and what's my guide's thoughts and what, what you know, are, are coming from the deceased and loved ones on the other side. And that's a very, very tricky thing to learn, which is why a lot of people aren't able to separate their own thoughts from what's coming in. So when people, and I've heard other psychics talk about spirit guides. So let's talk a little bit, little bit about spirit guides. So spirit guides in the case of uh, mediumship, are we just talking about uh, another spirit? Are we talking about an angelic presence that helps, um, that helps uh, facilitate the communication? What are we talking about with that? Yes. So spirit guides are people that they're not family members. Family members cannot be spirit guides. So spirit guides are either ethereal people, meaning that they're from space and never lived here, or some of them have lived here and had a life, so they're able to assist in that way. But mainly they're the gatekeepers to help me, uh, because sometimes people speak in another language, and so they basically translate that. They just help me communicate. Uh, and then they're around for, for everyday life too. And they help me with all sorts of situations. They help me find things I lose in the house. Um, they, they're my company when I drive, they, they chat, they, they, we play not tricks, but they have a sense of humor. So they're always joking <laughs> with me and finding it very funny. They have this weird sense of humor with so me. It's, so it's a, in, in some way, it's almost like having a, a friend with you or friends with you at, at various times of your life too, right? Right. I mean, they're friends I cannot see. They're friends I feel and, and hear all day long. So, you know, kind of my spirit cheerleading team, if you will. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, one of the things that I also find interesting, too, because, um, you know, I, I've always been fascinated by, by psychic mediums because, um, you know, you have a lot of people out there. So you have, you know, you always have the the thing where you're trying to uh, pick apart who's who's fraudulent and who's not. Um, exactly. So. You know, and, and even still, I've, there's been plenty of times when I've seen um, uh, or where I've uh, been have been communicated with by people who claim to be you, just like a lot of psychic mediums out there who are valid, legitimate, and they, they take their work very seriously. You get the fraudsters that try to, you know, take their pictures off of Instagram or off of Facebook and they set up yeah, fake no. accounts and they're, hey, let me give you a reading, these type of things. But anyway, uh, just to go back to one thing. So normally when I want to work out, I go to the gym, I might go for a run and I do these things to keep myself uh, physically fit. Now, as far as being psychically fit, are there is there any type of um, exercises or any type of practice that you do? Do you like meditate or are there things that you do to, to keep yourself uh, crisp or is it not even necessary? Things just happen naturally. How does that work? Well, um, that's a good question. In the beginning, because I was so busy training myself for like two, three months intensively teaching myself I I went through a lot of rituals. I mean, it was like 30 minutes of meditating and really getting in the zone and grounding and all this. And now I can pretty much just go into, I, I had to, I realized how much I spent probably three, four hours a day meditating. I was like, holy cow, there's a lot of time out of my day just for that. And, and then there's been situations where like when I do psychic parties, there is no time to meditate. It is one person after another. And that was the point where I realized, wow, I don't really need all these rituals. I can go right into a reading. I just need to focus. I do have a thing, though, where I make sure that all my errands and things for the day are taken care of. Because if not, then I sit there thinking about it during the <laughs> reading, you know, and that's not fair to them. So I really just make sure my ritual is make sure everything is taken care of for myself. No drama. No, no things to worry about, you know, um, no responsibilities. And then I can go straight into, you know, complete focus. That's, that's, that's really interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's, you're just making sure that there's a, uh, you got some, um, some mental housekeeping in place that way you don't have any distractions when you want to focus. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, and, and one of the things too is, you know, and obviously you're a good person to ask. So, you know, you hear the term, uh, psychics and your uh, mediums and you hear uh, like physical medium and you know like all these different uh, terms yeah. thrown around do you do you have any input on that like for example in your by your definition like how would you uh, define the difference between being uh, like a psychic and a medium or a physical medium or all these different things that uh, people throw around in the uh, in the field 
Okay, so first of all, there's two two things, a psychic and a medium. Now, the rules are that all mediums are psychic. However, all psychics are not mediums. It's two different types of reading. Psychics read the living energy. Mediums connect with the other side. Now, for some reason, if you can connect to the other side and you're a medium, then you can definitely read someone in front of you. However, a psychic is not necessarily a medium. It just works that way. Those are the rules. So if you hear anything other than that is not true because mediumship is much, much more difficult. I mean, being a psychic is difficult anyway. However, being a medium is even more difficult than being a psychic. So, and then you have the spiritual medium, which means you connect to spirits. A physical medium takes on physical things, whether personality, pains, um, a mental medium sees images in their head, and I believe there's one more medium, but I can't remember it. So where does where does um, someone who's just a sensitive, where would they fall in? Would they be falling in closer to, because I've heard about people being a sensitive, where they sort of uh, uh, pick up on the emotions of both the living and the, and the non-living. Right, and that can also be called an empath, which... Um, not, not again, not every, and that's the easiest psychic gift to have as an empath or sensitive. That just means, um, let's say, for instance, you turn on the television and you get all emotional, somebody's crying or there's a shooting and you get all emotional, or you go to the mall and you start like picking up stuff. And most empathic people won't even leave their house much because it's too much. So, I have clients like that that come through and I help them work on how they can protect themselves when they go out because I want to start getting them going back out again. So I teach people how to protect themselves, how to shut all that off so that they can exist and go out in the world because you're not meant to sit and fight all day long. Yeah. Now that would be a, I would imagine that would be kind of a, a nightmarish situation if when you're out and about in the world that you're picking up on all, all of these emotions around you from uh, you know, just random people in the crowd. So you're picking up everything from, you know, uh, glee and joyfulness to sadness and depression. And I would imagine that that that's got to be pretty much a nightmare scenario for someone who really doesn't know how to how to control those uh, sensations or deal with them. Exactly. So, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's actually pretty amazing that uh, you know that that you would actually be able because I never thought about the fact that you would be working with you know other gifted people to try to help them learn how to either uh, put up some barriers or control their uh, control their feelings and sensations. So that's actually pretty good though. So, um, yeah. So, you know, let's say for example, I know you do a lot of readings, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, there's been times where I talked to you and you, you know, you've been to totally wiped out from a, a busy day. Yeah. Um, when you do a reading, you know, um, someone walks in for the first time, you've never seen them before. Uh, <clears throat> what is your, what is your general process? Like, for example, do you, prefer to have a personal item from the person that they're trying to communicate with or um, how does that normally work when someone comes in to see you for the first time? Okay, well remember I do psychic readings and I do mediumship readings. So if it's a mediumship reading, of course if they can bring some items of their loved ones, that's helpful. Um, I generally don't like to have a photo of them because I like to see what they will give me of how they look. Uh, if at the end nothing's coming through, then I will ask for a photo to make the connection deeper. Um, but all of these things are just tools to help, you know, create the energy and make the connection deeper. Now, if somebody's coming for a psychic reading, a lot of people come with particular questions and things that they need help with. So I want to know what those are because I don't want you to just sit and willy-nilly say all sorts of stuff that, <laughs> that means nothing. You know, yeah. I'm very productive with people. Um, also helping people become successful and get jobs and sell their houses. I, I work very, very hard for my clients. So naturally, um, they come with questions or pictures of people in case it's a relationship thing. Sometimes they have pictures of their boss. They want to know, you know, is this a good boss to work for? Is this a good friend? Um, so I get all sorts of questions. You know, should I sell this house? Should I move to this house? I really, you know run the gamut as far as all the different kinds of things I help people with. It isn't like, oh, you're going to meet somebody, you know, 
dark and handsome and all that. No, we, we are <laughs> we are working here on your life, how to change things out, how to implement things. So it, it is really almost like a life trainer. You know, you go to the gym to, to get better. People come to me to get on track with their life. Okay, so here's a, this is more of a, um, I'm asking in this case for, you know, what your personal opinion on this might be. Okay, so I like to, I like to look at uh, practical science and physics as well as how it applies to the unknown. Okay, so we tend to think that in a lot of cases, there's a school of thought that says time is a, is basically a human construct. It's a way that our mind deals with the passing of time, but technically we're all on the same timeline. Everything's happening all at once. So if you were to step outside of our physical timeline, I'm being bored at the born bored. I'm being <laughs> born at the exact same time that I'm talking to you right now. So when in in your case, if someone is asking you about something and it may be maybe even um, a feeling or sensation or something that's that potentially is even coming from a future event. Like if someone says, is my boss a good boss or do you do you personally think that this is a fair assessment to think that time is cyclical, that we're not running like in some giant film strip, which is one of the reasons why uh, psychics and psychics can connect with other points in the timeline. Like they might be able to see a murder that took place a year ago, or they might see where someone buried somebody six months ago, or they might see that someone may be in peril six months from now, even though it hasn't happened yet. Do you think that these things all tie into these schools of thought that time is not cyclical, that everything is happening all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I can see past, present and future. And that sounds like I can depict various timelines, but really when I look at people's life, I'm just looking at their whole timeline. That's why sometimes like yesterday I told this woman, she was having stomach issues. I said, it's going to, it's going to happen. I'm looking and seeing that in the future, there's going to be stomach issues. She goes, I'm already dealing with that now. I said, okay, well, that's the thing about my gifts. Um, I just feel things. It might've already happened. It might be currently happening. And sometimes I think it's coming in the future, you know, but really it's all on one big timeline. Uh -huh. It's just to me, I thought, okay, this is coming. So, <laughs> you know, so sometimes in the reading, I'll say, okay, if it's not happening yet, or, or now, then it's a future thing. So I don't always know where the information is coming from. I just have to give it. And then I say, you have to figure out when this is coming. If it hasn't happened, then it's something coming later. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, uh, I guess this, that mm -hmm. can be frustrating, you know, because it's just like, okay, at some point in your life, this is going to happen. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> It, it's, it seems like it would be, uh, it seems like, well, from the standpoint, like I said, uh, from me, it would be terribly confusing to try to wrap my head around all that. But when these, these pieces of information are coming to you and you have to sort of sort through these pieces of information, has there ever been, um, have you ever run into any instances where there was information that you felt was probably not in the best interest of a client to know, like maybe something that would cause them to not live their life to the fullest? because the information might be a little too disturbing? I just tell it like it is. Um, you know, I mean, if I don't tell it, then I'm not doing justice to to my gift and telling people. And I tell people, I, I'm a very honest psychic. They're like, let me have it. I said, okay. If it's something absolutely dreadful, I won't say it. But anything, whether it's leave this person, stay with this person, sell the house, leave the house, at the end of the day, it's still entirely up to my client as to what they want to do with that information. And the ones that don't listen, I get a text and they tell me, V, I should have listened to you. I can't make anyone listen. You know, <laughs> here's the information. You figure out what you want to do with it. If you don't, you know, if you don't change, then you can't blame me because I warned you, you know, I told you. So, so that's how that goes. I always tell people, you know what? You can say, screw you, V, I'm going to do my own thing, or you can listen and magic will happen. But <laughs> some people don't listen and then they're like, I should have listened. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to take a short break. Uh, you're listening to The Dark Doorway with uh, your host, Mark Bolden. Our guest tonight is Valentina, the Danish medium, and we'll be right back in a moment. When it comes to getting the best care for yourself and your loved ones, there are other medical clinics and then there's Zen Orchid Medical. 
Zenokit Medical, located in the Northside Professional Complex by the Northside Hospital. We provide comprehensive medical services like non-invasive pain management, bioidentical hormone enhancement therapy, concierge-based primary care, aesthetics, massage therapy, and emotional mentoring, all in a caring and comfortable setting. So call us today at 727-471-6372 or visit us online at zenorchidmedical.com to book your appointment. Zen Orchid Medical, next level healthcare. If you're fascinated by the paranormal and you like this podcast, then please support us by subscribing to The Dark Doorway on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook or visit us on darkdoorway.com. Now, turn down the lights and back to the program. Welcome back. Once again, you're listening to The Dark Doorway. I'm your host, Mark Bolden, and our guest today is the Danish medium, Valentina. So, welcome back, Valentina. So, i got some more hey. questions for you. Yay! <laughs> hey, first question is, describe the universe and give two examples. No, that's not my first question. <laughs> so, no, but uh, seriously, uh, you know, one of the things I always thought would be fascinating, and if you can, do you have any... Uh, Things that you would consider like your most memorable readings or, you know, what made them stand out for you? Ah, gosh, you know, after thousands and thousands, it's really hard to keep track. But one of them that stuck out that probably happened, I'm going to say five or six years ago um, at my other house, there was a guy and he was, he was getting a regular psychic reading and all of a sudden, you know, and I always videotape my readings. And so the camera's on. And he goes, and can you tell my mother, she's passed, can you tell her to stop hanging out at my house? Right as he said that, she turned off the camera. The camera just stopped. I guess she didn't like that. uh... (laughs) No, and I laughed and I said, oh my God, this has never happened before. I said, your mother was so offended that she's like, the video recording is done. We're stopping this now. And I was just shocked and he was shocked and we had a good laugh. It was so Right on cue. Like, I've never had the camera just turn off by itself. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, we're going to, one of the things that we're going to discuss in a little bit, too, is I want to talk to you about um, investigations, Susan. I know you do uh, some investigations, but, um, you know, one of the, the questions I had for you before we, before we even go that route was, it was something that we talked about on the break, <clears throat> and, you know, you wanted to clear up some uh, some misconceptions, some misnomers, because, you know, like I said, sometimes people, when they think of uh, psychics or mediums or psychic mediums or physical mediums or people are empaths, they sort of have that, you know, the um, this this vision that either they're they're a scam or they you know, they or the old thing with the gypsies looking in the crystal ball for some reason. And then you have a lot of people who knows that there are a lot of legitimate um, folks out there, folks that investigate with alongside law enforcement and folks that help turn people's lives around with with helpful advice and insights. So if you had to go back and you thought about some common misconceptions that people have, can you uh, discuss this a little bit and and how you would kind of dispel that and clarify some things for our listeners out there? Yes. Um, I mean, I get skeptics here and there, and I can already, already know by the time they walk in, I can feel their energy. They feel closed off, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm talking to myself and my guides, and I'm thinking, okay, we've got a skeptic here. We've got to really come with some amazing evidence here because it's almost like I want to purposely turn them around into believers and sometimes I just don't care either way I'm just going to do what I do and um you know they'll admit uh, that that hey I was skeptic but you know my husband was a skeptic and he's just blown away by you and so then I feel happy because I'm like wow I wasn't really even trying to prove anything this time because I don't want to have to prove anything I'm not like you know it's a circus and a monkey trying to perform I do what I do and you believe or you don't but it helps if you come in with at least an open mind to to whatever happens you know not just completely skeptic and closed off but I'm not here to prove anything I know what I'm capable of I have thousands and thousands of people that are very happy with my work so if there's a skeptic or people want to make fun of me or you know I've had arguments with people on the street because I have magnets on my car and they're like, oh, who are you talking to? And I'm like, well, my guides, you know, these are like religious people. So they're like, you know, you're dirty. The devil's work. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, can't yeah. even afford me. So, <laughs> um, you know, so so I, I get different. But I mean, I get Muslims, I get Catholics, I get 
all sorts of religions, ironically enough, coming to me for help. So at some point, <laughs> it must I mean, believe. There, I mean, there, there has been, you know, cases where you had uh, uh, people who ended up being saints that were, ch that were channelers. I mean, so to go back and right. always have to assume that someone is communicating with the devil, I think is kind of ridiculous. Um, and, and also, in a lot of cases, people, that's their... I, don't, I wouldn't call it rationalization, but that's just their way of dealing with something that they don't understand or or fail to comprehend, and then you kind of run into that that scenario also. Um, so when you when you run into these cases, have you ever had um, a skeptic where you gave them a piece of information from a reading that really turned them around, and they sort of had this this epiphany that wow, I was I was wrong. This is real. Yeah, I mean that happens quite a bit, you know, and. I can't control what information comes through, but sometimes they're like, oh my God, how could you know that? And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I don't look anybody up. I don't even get people's last names. So there's absolutely no way. I don't have the time. But aside from that, when I do give that kind of information, they're like, oh my God, nobody knew that but me and this person or just me. And I'm like, well, that's the information. All right, thanks, bye. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean... And then they leave and I'm just like walking around the house going, oh my God. You know, I even, I don't question how I get the information, but it's just like, God, you know, if I, cause I was a skeptic at some point, but you know, enough information has come that I'm even sometimes like, how the hell would I know that? Like, I'm still questioning and blown away by the information I'm able to get, you know, it still baffles me, but I've given up trying to understand. It just is but I still get blown away by my own information, you know? It's yeah. crazy. It's, it's very humbling, you know, like because it just shows that we are so connected. So what do you, what, what would you think, uh, for example, there's a, a lot of folks out there that are gifted, like I said, and you also have a lot of folks who are just pretend to be, but overall for the gifted ones, the ones who truly have a uh, um, uh, skill, what do you think that their role is? Uh, in, in society now? I mean, is it just to specifically help people? Is it is it to make money? I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, you know, you still have to pay the bills at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, that tends to be the reason why some people look at someone and say that they're fake. But right. you, can't just, you can't just give away the farm and do everything for free because that's still time and you still have to eat and make sure the lights stay on. So, well, yeah. If you, yeah. If you were to look at if you were to look at um, the role of psychic mediums or mediumship in the world today, what would you think that there that that it would be? Was it, you know, ghost hunting, helping people? What would be your well, your take ghost, on this? ghost hunters are ghost hunters. That's a whole different thing. They're off to prove that ghosts are real, uh, because ghosts are also earthbound. I'm here to prove that the afterlife is real, you know, and and that to me is is much more purposeful than running around chasing ghosts. As fun as that is, it really serves no purpose except to feed the ego. But healing and helping people with my gifts, you know, uh, by connecting with loved ones, I, I feel that that is the sole purpose. Uh, we're called light workers, I guess is one of the terms, uh -huh. um, you know. And and so our purpose are, the, we're the chosen people because if everyone's a psychic and running around, then we have no firemen, we have no police, we have no whatever, whatever. So... The people that have been chosen to have this, it's not a burden. I wouldn't call it a burden, but it can be of a gift, are here to help everyone else become awakened and spiritual and help turn this planet into something different than it is. Now, interestingly, um, you know, people that have had near-death experiences, okay, usually there are some common threads with near-death experiences. They... You know, they saw a light. There was a tunnel. They were, they exited their body. They they had um, an out of body experience. They might have been hovering over their body in emergency in an emergency room. They saw everyone frantically working on them to to restore their vital signs and bring them back. And usually, at some point, uh, there is an ascension, whether it be through a tunnel or however that may be. You know, and they're engulfed in brilliant light that is that doesn't hurt their eyes, obviously, because they don't have physical attributes of eyes. Um, at some point they may even encounter loved ones who may tell them it's not, you know, it's not your time. You have to go back. There's people that have actually claimed to have encountered uh, Jesus, uh, or maybe what they interpreted was Jesus. Yeah. And then you have, uh, the people who have passed on and, you know, these earthbound spirits that you mentioned. Now, I always thought that an earthbound spirit 
was someone who maybe passed on and for whatever reason, either they had unfinished business or they just did not want to accept the fact that they've died, refused to go into the light. And now they're kind of stuck here until someone can cross them over. Is that, is yeah. that a fair assessment? That's an absolute assessment. So, so the difference when people die normally and they shed their body and the soul goes back up into the universe, AKA heaven, whatever you want to call it. The ghost, unfortunately, is almost like an outline of a person. So they don't have their body anymore, but their soul is wandering around. So they, you might, that's why you might see an apparition or a little bit of a partial, you know, uh, imprint of their body still. I don't know how that's capable other than energetically. However, they're wandering and lost. They should be up there. So I always tell people, if you're seeing a ghost of your grandfather, he didn't make it up there yet. You know, he's still lost and he has no body, but his soul is zipping around down here and he should be crossed over and go appropriately upwards. Yeah, that's, and you know, I, I always wondered, for example, you know, even if you look at cases where there are investigations where you have, um, you know, um, ghost ghost investigators or yeah. ghost hunters, um, you know, it, when people capture like EVPs, for example, there's cases where the EVPs or the responses to questions via EVP don't seem um, don't seem comprehensible. Like, for example, if I if I say like, "How did you die?" and then the response was, you know strawberry ice cream, you know, something that that was, <laughs> that was totally different. I mean, you, you've had these cases, you, people have seen them, we've seen them, we've seen legitimate yeah. investigations and the responses don't really seem to match the questions. And, and, and in a, there are other cases where people have seen, um, uh, full body or partial uh, body apparitions and their actions don't seem to be, uh, logical, almost like, um, a person who's very confused or is not there altogether mentally. And I wonder, for example, if, when some people uh, pass on, is is there a case where, in your opinion, do you think that maybe the uh, your mental faculties um, get disrupted in the crossing over, or not in the crossing over, in the passing process, if you're an earthbound spirit, to where you're there, but you're almost confused as to what's going on? Yeah, I mean, especially when I channel um, or communicate with people that passed quickly, uh, because I try to find out how they passed and sometimes they're not able to tell me. So then I have to take that confusion into consideration that they may not have known how they passed because if you go back into their life for a second, they were living one minute and the next thing they were hit by a car. So they're not always fully comprehensible, you know, as far as being able to explain what happened to them. But they, but they, they are aware that they've passed, right? Or are they just kind of yeah. unsure of what happened? But but there's still, I, I, I pick up that confusion of like, yeah, I was just walking down the street and now I'm up here. And and so there's a little bit of a blur. You know how sometimes we get near near car crashes or near something and you see our, our life flash before us. Uh -huh. um, you don't really remember what happened in that moment because your life is somehow flashing in front of you. So you're busy watching that and you didn't really know what happened in the present moment, which would then take us back to that whole time continuum thing of like, maybe all that is interchangeable. Got it. You know? So yeah, sometimes they're confused because I don't feel that they felt that those few minute, minutes before death, they don't know what happened. Yeah, that that would that would make sense because that that was always one of the things that, you know, sort of I took notice to was that you know there've been I've watched a lot of investigations like a lot of a uh, lot of the listeners out there and you know I I've always wondered for example why why is it that the responses do not you know you have times you have times where they where they get really intelligent responses right you know, they, they might they might name the person that was responsible for their death or they might named name the exact uh, cause of their death. Right. Or when, or when it happened, they might say their name or some of the name of they give information that can actually be verifiable outside of the investigation, which I think is, is some of the best evidence you can get. Absolutely. Um, but, um, you know, and then there's times, like I said, where, you know, the strawberry ice cream or whatever it is, where they kind of give these nonsensical re responses. And it makes me question if they if they passed on and somehow had their mental faculties affected by the passing on. Or it could be that 
it is relevant, but they're talking about something else. Because uh-huh. in the case of hauntings, where people are like, oh my God, the cupboards keep opening, there's people walking through the hallway, the house is haunted. I'm like, no, you, you, the living, are haunting the house. These people are just doing what they used to do in the house when they lived here before they passed. And so they're opening cupboards, they're walking through hallways. That's perfectly normal for them. Is They probably don't even know that these living people are there. So you know, sort of like uh, that movie with Nicole Kidman, The Others. Yes, they were... <laughs> The Others. I love that one. Very trick, tricky. It's a great movie. Yeah. Or a Beetlejuice even where, you know, the ghosts were just living and, and haunt, you know, the living they were wanted... haunt, haunting the house. Yeah, they wanted to get the living out because they were, uh, they were, they were where the ghosts felt they shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so sometimes things like that will happen. So maybe if they're saying strawberry ice cream, that could be part of something that happened like it could be just not really psycho babble, but maybe it's like a residual audio e- energy, and maybe the strawberry ice cream does pertain to something, but the voice is coming from a different time. Got it. Uh, you yeah, know I, 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 you know that mind blowing. That, yes. that, that, that brings up another. That brings up another <laughs> thing. I always wonder since we since we're dealing with um, entities that may be on a different vibrational uh, frequency than the living than you or I. Right. I always, I always consider the fact that possibly they're responding to a, a query that might have been two right. years ago for someone else. It may be part of something totally different, and we're just now hearing the response. Exactly. Well, that's the other thing. Also, when I started communicating with the other side, I realized <laughs> that that even ghosts, as well as entities, speak much quicker. They speak on a very fast, high frequency and a very fast vibration, which is why when you record for the most part evps have to be slowed down but there are those real time that don't need to be slowed down which probably means they're vibrating lower and quicker and are closer to this realm i just came out with my own theory <laughs> there you go you're gonna, gonna, have to, <laughs> gonna have to make note of that one <laughs> yeah yeah um so you know there's always uh there's always um you know you have to you know you're doing this job uh, you're doing it on your own time. You're, and you're doing things from home. You're going remote. You're going doing things over the phone, over the web, through Zoom, through Teams, whatever you have. And then you're going on site too. Yeah. So, I know that these things, um, like any job, it's not just what you do. Like in these jobs, it would have to take a a toll on your personal life, especially when you're dealing with something that's so potentially mentally exhausting. So, how would you say that you normally deal with these things? I mean, how do you how do you cope? with the, the the rigors of what you do and then balance your home life and try to maintain your sanity at the same time? Uh, well, now I, I've got more control of it. Before I was working seven days a week up till like anywhere from one in the afternoon till midnight, I have obviously changed my schedule. Um, I, I give myself more time off. I've learned to say no. I turn away a lot of people, not because I want to, but again, this isn't about the money. This is about um, energy and it's about being refreshed and, you know, able to focus and do a good job at the reading. So I don't pile on a lot of people. I've really spread them out more. I just do, I rest a lot. Obviously, I've been eating a vegetarian um, lifestyle for over 40 years now. So. It's ample rest, uh, proper eating, exercising. Uh, I definitely limit my alcohol. I mean, some mediums probably don't drink at all, but you know. That, that right there would rule me out from being a medium. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm also European, you know. We, we socially drink all the time, so. But I, I try to really make that like when I'm not working so uh-huh. that I can have a few days to recoup and clear all that out. But other than that, you know, I don't smoke cigarettes, I don't do drugs. I just really try to live a very balanced life to the best of my ability. I'm not perfect. Nobody is. But I, I do really try to live a spiritual life the most I can. I mean, I don't go to a lot of crowded places. I avoid a lot of, um, you know, my interaction is very short because everything drains me. Going out in public drains me. People drain me. Um, so I spend a lot of time on my own too. <laughs> so, 
So, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, we're, we're running low on our time here, but there is one other thing I wanted to talk to you about briefly. And, um, I know that you've done investigations in the past and as a matter of fact, there's two other things I want to talk to you about. Yeah. <laughs> so let's rewind for a minute. So yeah. it was funny because recently, um, you know, as you know, uh, as I told the, the listeners out there, I've known you for a while and it was pretty interesting because I noticed, uh, on your Facebook, one of the things I found really fascinating uh, and I know you've talked about this in the past, but the first time I've really saw photos was I saw photos of you with so many celebrities. Oh, yeah. And you were at, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You were at, like, I, I mean, it was just so hilarious. I just saw you with all of these different people. And it wasn't like one or two photos. They just kept coming and coming. Where are all these photos coming? So talk about that a little bit. And then we're going to get into my last question. Well, I mean, I got to L.A. in 1991 and hit the ground running. I got signed up with a modeling agency uh, like a week after I got there, one of the top agencies, and then I did not stop working. I mean, I worked movies, TV shows. I was always on something. Like, I, I was not one of these starving actors because I was just constantly on stuff, and some director would see me, and he's like, I need you in the music video, and... It's not like now there's so much competition. I, I you know, I, I was like one of the top 20 models and we all worked and nobody stepped on each other's toes or anything. There was room for everyone and it was really great. And it's probably the, the 90s were the best, some of the best years next to the 80s of my life because I just had so much fun working on sets, meeting people. And it was just really, really, really a great part of my life. So, you know, this is this is really interesting. Because, like I said, I, I've seen you in these in all of these different things. I thought it was pretty amazing, and uh, I'm like, wow, my my friend was really, <laughs> she was really all over the place. That was really interesting to see. So I just wanted to share something. So I took the liberty while you were talking. Oh no! And I, <laughs> and I see you on um, IMDb.com. Oh yeah. And it says, born in Copenhagen, Denmark, to a Danish mother and West African father, both of whom were doctors. Her career started off at age one and a half yep. as a model for the Danish fashion magazine Femina, in which she graced three covers before the age of two. Yep. <laughs> this is this is this is uh this is some really impressive stuff. Wait a minute. I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go into too much because this is a pretty, pretty long <laughs> I know. Long. It's this is by, by age six, she was in school near Interlaken, Switzerland. Yep. Yeah. Where she quickly picked up a second language, Swiss, and taught herself a third English by watching BBC. Wow. I know. It sounds like a child prodigy here. Holy cow. I do what I have to. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like the old, uh, what is it, the Wayne and Garth, we're not worthy. I feel like uh, I should be doing that now. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just an anomaly. <laughs> just an anomaly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, one of the last topics I want to get into uh, before we before we close out this, uh, this our discussion is, I know that you've gone on investigations before. Yeah. I know you've even been on one recently when I talked to you. So uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, investigations. For example, you don't have to get into specifics because I know um, sometimes you're dealing with people whose privacy is important to them. But um, how do uh, how do investigations come to you? How do you how do you go on these investigations? Are there any interesting things that you do uh, walking around as a psychic medium? Do you just walk around the location and try to connect with whatever whatever is there? And more specifically, do you go out alone or do you go out with a with other folks and then you sort of relay this information to them during the course of the investigation? How does that work? All right. Well, I am with um, a, a paranormal group out of Tampa called See First Paranormal. I am the medium. So they will have me do a walkthrough. They don't tell me anything about the house. I do a walkthrough. I, I, I pick out the hot spots. I write down in my report what I pick up. Then I leave. Um, they always tell me I can stay and get out equipment, but, you know, I get tired and um, I don't really um, want to sit with equipment all day. So I leave and then they go to work. And then if it's cases where... I go by myself, then I might go by myself because the ghosts like to interact when there's not a bunch of people. So in, in a case last month, I had to stay at this house because the whole family was ready to sell it and move because it was so haunted. So I had to go and basically 
stay there for several days and see what was going on and see if anything would happen so I could determine if they should sell the house or if it was something that could be debunked or whatever. So every case is different. Uh, you know, I also do house cleansings and go and change the energy of the house and m make it a safe haven for people to live in as well. So it really varies. Um, every case definitely for paranormal is different, but I haven't done a lot of paranormal stuff since I moved here. I used to hang out at the Queen Mary all the time in Long Beach, California. But I don't really have like a hangout or favorite location to go to here in Florida. Although I am craving a good ghost hunt, but I'll have to find a place to go one of these days. Well, one day we'll uh, we'll take a trip to uh, St. Augustine. We'll we'll hit the lighthouse and we'll hit the cemetery. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. I'd also like to go to like Pentehurst Asylum. Um, I really want to do an asylum for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they those places always seem to uh, lock down some pretty uh, some pretty yeah. horrible uh, some pretty horrible memories and energy. That's uh, for sure you know, all the nonsense that went on in these places. So yeah, it's I, I would you know I haven't done an asylum yet. I plan to. Yeah, uh, I plan to soon. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be. I think that would be a nice, uh, a nice uh, experience. Well, maybe yeah. not nice, but it would be an interesting. No, it would be an experience. That's for it'll sure. It would be an experience. <laughs> we'll just leave it. Fill in the blank. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, Valentina. So listen, it's been, hey. a, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure having you on. Oh, and, thanks uh, for having me. This was so and, fun. And you know, we're gonna do this again. But we're gonna do this again. Uh, I'm probably gonna have uh, maybe uh, maybe some. We can get some of your uh, the team that investigate with you on at some point and maybe cool. we can do a little little group conversation that would be nice because i would love yeah. to uh, talk to them about some of the evidence that they found okay? yeah and speaking about talking to people why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you because i know that you're all over social media and you're in various places you can give them your website and just how they can get in contact with you okay so first off we'll go to the website at psychicmediumvalentina.com um, should be able to be searchable or Googleable, <laughs> and then the Instagram is at the Danish Medium Valentina, and then at, at, if on Facebook page it is just Psychic Medium Valentina. Looks on my little shiny happy face. Make sure it's legit and not somebody trying to pretend to be me. And then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just we'll let you guys know there will be uh, those links are all also going to be included in the show notes. So uh, make sure that if you have any questions, you can hit the show notes and the valid links will be there because, as you know, there's always somebody out there trying to pretend to be someone that they're not. But you know, I'm quite sure that you will be able to tell the real thing when you yes. see her. Yes. <laughs> so, Valentina, I want to thank you very, very, very thank much for being so on the much. show. It's so exciting <laughs> to be the first one. <laughs> and, as, and as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. And I want to thank the listeners out there for listening thank to The you. Dark Doorway. Yes. And once again, I am your host, Mark Bolden, and make sure that you like and subscribe. You're going to find us at all your favorite podcatchers. If you have not, make sure you save it because you don't want to miss any upcoming episodes because we're going to have a lot of interesting topics that I know you're going to love. Ooh. So you guys have a great night. Thank you very much. <laughs>